0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to this Ability Podcast, where we are on a mission to shift perspective, encourage others, and create community. Well, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Uh, If you can't tell by the sound of my voice, I am extremely excited uh, for today's episode. Uh, The gentleman that I'm going to be speaking with, uh, he is He's a stinking boss. All right. I'm just going to say it like that first. But uh, Lex, uh, I'm going to, uh, Lex Gillette is on the podcast with me today. Lex is a four time Paralympic silver medalist. And uh, Lex does not have to say anything about this. I think he was robbed uh, at one of them, but that, you know, that's another hero. <laughs> three time gold, uh, three golds, two silvers, one bronze at the world championships in, in uh, track and field at three different events. Uh, he went from the podium and then to uh, the stage. He was did a he did a TED talk. He's a motivational speaker. My guy is also a singer. And one of my favorite quotes from his book that I read called "Fly." It's a man who recognizes no barriers. And I'm pumped up. Welcome to
1: the show, Lex Gillette. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you, man. I love that intro. I need to take you on on the road with me. Hey, man, don't tempt me with a good time, bro. I'm all
0: in. <laughs> I'm all in, man. <laughs> No, and in, in for uh, those of you listening, we, Lex and I were talking just for a couple minutes before we started recording. And, you know, I did a lot of prep for, for this conversation. And Lex is such an inspiring figure. Uh, his book is, is incredible. I'm going to go into that in a little bit. Uh, but, Lex, I got to, this is, this is a very, very important question for you. I know you're a football guy. I'm, I'm, I'm in Detroit, I'm a Lions fan. So, boohoo for okay. me. You know, uh, what do you want to do? NFL draft pick number eight. What are you doing?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Or are you trying think, to get
0: you trying to get Watson?
1: I think that I wouldn't be mad at trying to get Deshaun Watson. I, I would. I mean, me being from North Carolina, I'm a huge Carolina Panthers fan. Yeah. And uh, the Teddy Bridgewater move, I felt like it was more of like a like a band aid to cover up. Yep. Um, kind of like a, a wound that we really need to heal. So, uh. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad at getting Deshaun Watson, most certainly. Yeah, most man. Certain, I would not be mad at that at all. But uh if we don't, if we don't get him, I would say with that pick, uh or I'm sorry, is do the Panthers have an eighth pick, or yeah, is that you're the, eight, the Detroit eight.
0: We're seven. So we're right Okay. Ah, oh,
1: so we gotta make sure we Nope. Man. Um I'm gonna go with so the position where I feel like they should go is Oh, I'm gonna go with strengthening that offensive line some more.
0: Yeah, there's some studs. Uh, there's some yeah. stud guards on on, on on that that are getting mocked in the top ten. So there's yeah. stuff there. But man, I, I I I wanted to start with a softball, you know, and uh, I'll, I'll always suck football. Maybe we'll we'll do a fantasy league uh, this, yeah. this coming season together.
1: I would love that. Yeah but
0: uh lex man uh so this podcast it's called disability podcast we don't spend the whole time kind of focusing on uh our disabilities but it certainly lends to context so uh in some of the other conversations i've had you have or interviews or whatnot you typically start at what happens to you at the age of eight but reading your book today um you know it really started when you were three man so if you could just take a couple minutes and just you know walk us through what happened what 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 uh you know uh for those of you who don't know lex is so he's a paralympian, but lex is completely blind um and it started him as a kid so lex, I'll let you take over just kind of talk a little bit about your story
1: yeah i was I was three years old, so I was born with sight I was able to see well when I was three years old my my mom noticed that i would I would stand close to the television to watch TV shows and I'm pretty sure there were some other things that she probably recognized at that time, but she took me to the doctor and the doctors had noticed that I, I had a, a cataract on my left eye. We had an operation to get that removed, which it was successful. But within that, within that operation in the, re, the recovery stages, my retina had detached mm. in that left eye. And so that led to a couple of operations on that side, the left eye specifically. And after that second one, I had I lost complete sight and in the left eye. So I wasn't able to to see anything at all on that side. But the the good news was that I still could see out of my right eye, which to your point, yeah, in a lot of the interviews and things like that. That's that's the very long story. And you yeah, start yeah, to yeah. do interviews and you start to do yeah. all of these different things where they want to cut to the chase. And so Mm -hmm. it's always, Hey, you know, I lost my sight when I was eight years old, which is, which is true. Right. But there's, there's more digging in to do, to, to actually get to the bottom of the bottom of the story.
0: Yeah. So, Um, so that happens when you're three, right. You have, you have the surgery and then it continues and then you just kind of fast forward to to eight. Yeah. So, um, Hey, you got to mention the glasses, bro. There was one of these videos I saw you when you were a kid and those glasses uh, you were looking fresh, you know. I'm gonna be honest Man, with you. you. You were looking good. Yeah, now
1: you you're being real nice right now. I had like like the old school, yeah, like really, you know, thick glasses or whatnot. Were you having the? I mean, you could see the the, the baseball game from mm-hmm. you know from the nosebleed section yeah. type type glasses, but uh, I, I mean those those helped, right? Like I yeah. was still able to participate in sports and and participate in class, et cetera, et cetera. And at that time, I was reading large print. I was I was using a CCTV and yeah. and other magnif- magnification tools to help me. Um, I played recreational baseball. I was yeah. swimming, and my mom's side of the family is the athletic side, so that's where I get the athletic genes from. And she had me enrolled in a lot of different activities, a lot of summer camps, and things that kept me moving and and just exposed me to a lot of different things, which I feel like is important for it's important for all kids to really get them out there and, yeah, and allowing them to figure out life and figure themselves out and, and figure out how to, you know, begin carving their space into, into the world. And so kudos to my mom and, and so many other people who gave me that, gave me that, uh you know, that privilege and that ability from an early age. But when I was, yeah, I was coming up on, um the the year when i was gonna turn eight uh, i started noticing that i was having some some blurred sight on my in my right eye and this was literally me coming home from school one day just your regular old yeah regular old day come home go through your normal routine do homework play video games all of that type stuff that night when i was getting ready for bed i started noticing that that my sight was was blurred on that that in the right eye. I was in the bathroom just kind of getting myself ready for bed. Lights were looking uh much more dim, faint. And I knew that something was wrong because I just I remember standing in front of that mirror and you're so used to seeing that crisp image of of your reflection and yep. and being able to you, know, you see your yourself, right? Yeah. But I wasn't able to to do that as clearly and it was almost like there was this this very faint distant image of of this young boy I told my mom she had thought maybe I had gotten something in my eyes from playing outside earlier that day we took some water clean my eyes out made it feel better but it didn't clear my sight any the next thought was to go to sleep and maybe everything would return to normal in the morning. Yeah. I went to sleep and and at that point you're at at seven years old, you're just like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? Yep. Uh, not really, you know, you just don't you just don't know. Yeah. But went to sleep, woke up the next morning. Nothing had really changed. But I did feel like I could see well enough to go to school. So I had gotten dressed, got on the bus, <laughs> went to school. I love it halfway through the day that's when teachers called my mom and they said hey we need you to come get mm. uh we need you to come get alexis because no one called me lex at that time sure. We need you to come get alexis and uh you know he, he's bumping into things he's not acting himself he's acting out of character we don't know what's going on that's when my mom comes grabs me from school takes me to the doctor have that examination that reveals right in the detachment and the right eye which leads to that, that first operation, of you know, that year that, um, that I was, uh, turning eight years old. Yeah.
0: That's brutal. And,
1: uh, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, you know, that's, that was the start of it. And the, the pattern was literally had that first operation. It was successful. I could see well for, I would say three to four weeks, they would be able to stabilize my site for three to four weeks. And, that, after that, after that time, the, the site, the blurred site came back again. And this time it would be more blurry than it was the time before. So you go back for the second examination and they say, Oh, well, his retinas have detached again. We need to have a Mm -hmm. second operation. You have the second operation. And that seems like it's successful. And you're able to see for three to four weeks again. And after that time, Sight begins to get blurry again. This time a lot more than what it was the time before leads to another examination, which leads to another diagnosis of detached retinas, which leads to another operation. Mm. That was the pattern for the entire time yeah. uh that, that year. And after the 10th operation. So I'm I'm in and out of school and in and out of the hospital for that entire that entire year. Mm. And after that 10th operation. Mm. The doctors said that there wasn't anything else that, that they could do. They they had exhausted all of the options that they felt uh, were on the table, and they said that I would most likely become blind.
0: The similarity that I bring is that I was told I was going to be lose my vision, uh, and I was five years old, and I'm sitting in the office with my mom, um, and... I can't remember what it was like at five, but, uh, my mom has been such a big deal. Both my parents, my mom and my dad have been such a big deal for me in the journey. And man, well, if I could first, let me compliment your writing Lex dead serious, man. It's I'm bummed that I didn't finish it, you know, but I got these kids, these kids, they were (laughs) my attention today. So, but your book, you can't really put it down. And, And cause I'm like relating in some areas. And then to be, to be honest, you write so well that like, we'll talk about Mr. Whitmer in a second. I'm like, dear yeah. God, Miss Whitmer is my guy. And, and talking yeah. about your mom, you're so honoring of your mom. And it's so sweet. And I I interviewed someone else recently, and it was a similar situation of, man, uh, my mom was so helpful. So I'm just curious, man, you know, and this is kind of going into your early, uh, you know, preteen to teen I know you were, you know, your mom got, Hey, you still got to do homework. You know, she didn't, it yeah. doesn't appear that she, she allowed it to be an excuse and I'm sure yeah. she wasn't mean or anything like that, but it was just like, Hey, these are the the cards you've got. Like, this is what we're going to do. So talk, talk to me about that a little bit. Just like, what, what did your mom do? What did she mean to you? And, and I got to imagine she was a huge reason, you know, man, that you were on the Olympic
1: uh, podium, you know, a few years later. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. I think that, so, uh, a lot of times, I rarely ever mention this when I, you know, I do a lot of speeches and things like that. Yeah. And so, I talk about my mom, but one thing that, I, I mention it sometimes and sometimes I don't, but my mom oh. has glaucoma also. Mm. And so, she she has glaucoma, but she still has usable sight. Yeah, You can, you know, she's able to see certain things, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But, growing up, I never... I never saw that side of her. No, no pun intended. Like <laughs> I literally she was just this like strong woman who yeah. who went to work, who yep. came home, cooked food, helped me do my homework. We played games together on the weekends, we would go outside and play. And sometimes on the weekdays also, but given the fact that you know she was getting off of work at, at five o'clock or whatnot, there were other responsibilities and things that she had to handle mm-hmm. as a parent. Um, and so, you know, again, the weekends we, you know, we would go out, we would walk to nearby stores and she would take me to the park and allow me to go outside and ride my bicycle. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was a lot of uh, She gave me a, a really great childhood. Yeah. And so when the, when the, the loss of sight happened, it was, it was definitely some, some time that I would say, you have that grieving time to really Mm. get through it and to sort it out mentally and try to figure out how you're going to transition successfully, how you're going to embrace this new, this new lifestyle, if you will. And and even more than that, how are you going to navigate and maneuver within this world, which in a lot of ways doesn't understand you or the experience that you deal with on a, on a daily basis yeah and um and so circling back to my mom she was that constant example for me seeing how it's done no matter the glaucoma or whatever visual impairment she was still making it making it happen so i never saw that that inability to i never saw her blindness Mm. deter her from going out into these streets and and making it happen. Yeah. So when you have that example on a daily basis and you see this, it's contagious. Yes. You start sir. to, it's like, all right. Like it's yes this sir. Is, like it's no no excuses at yeah. the end of the day. And so with her, she allowed that time to to get over being able to see and then not being able to to see. But after a while it was like, hey, Alexis, I'm not going to be around you all of the time. I need you I need to teach you some things. I need you to learn how to how to clean your room and take out the trash and you need to continue to learn how to do your classwork and homework. We're going to find someone to teach you how to read braille. We're going to find someone to to teach you how to use a cane so that you can navigate on your own. And her her main goal was literally to to help me be self-sufficient and to be independent in life. Like all of the sports and athletics things like that. Um, you know, it's been amazing that everything has, has transpired in that, in that fashion, but that was never her goal for me. It was literally like, listen, I'm not going to be around you all of the time. I need to teach you what, what you need to know so that you can go into the world and, and be independent and ultimately achieve your, your, your dreams.
0: I just, I love that so much because it's so easy. It's just speaking for myself, man, like, and my journey is so much different than yours. Uh, you know, I could drive and I played sports as a kid, you know, and, and it's been recent, but man, it is easy to just be frustrated and sit down and I don't want to do anything. Like, I'm yeah. just, I'm so frustrated by my sight. I, it, it, it takes me. Longer to do whatever, you know, stink it. I can't read my children books because I can't read the yeah. print. Like it and it can be so frustrating. So yeah. the reason I'm so encouraged by your story in general is that you never allowed your blindness to, to, uh, it was never, it was a stumbling block. Yeah. But you learned how to overcome it. And I don't yeah. think that would have happened without your mom. And that's why it's like, man, get a cape for her because she's such a superhero.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like Definitely. she, she is amazing. And then your grandma, and then again the the chapter you put in the book about your grandma and like the ponds in the backyard. I'm like, this is that was amazing. I just love that. It was all hands on deck. You know the yeah family. for sure. Yep
1: that and that's probably that was probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite chapter within uh, dude. That when you book. said
0: you said uh, swimming and you couldn't even do like two strokes i laughed so yeah. hard i don't even know if that was intentionally funny but i just thought that yeah. was
1: hilarious nice nah, i mean like literally coming from like i'm I'm here in san diego california yeah. now so obviously it's one listen of don't, rub it rub it don't rub it in like, don't rub it in. <laughs> it's one of the one of the one of the nicer places in terms of weather but uh also a. a you know, it's it's totally different from yeah. from Raleigh, North Carolina. Yep. Population is larger. Uh, North Carolina is just a you know, it's different in the sense of more of a conservative type space versus right. California, which yep. is more you know liberal, yep. whatever. Yep. Absolutely, uh, different experiences from from coast to coast. But what I will say is that circling back to my my mom and grandmother and all yeah. of, all of these people they uh, like, like the geographical region didn't matter. It mm-hmm. was, it was them elevating my mind and shifting that mindset to where if you can capture that, that mindset and really elevate your, uh, your mentality and your mindset, like that transcends everything. So whether you're yeah. in some small, you know, small town in North Carolina where, you know, my grandma's town is, is very, is small. I think they probably have like two stoplights sure. in the city. They yeah. may have, they might have three now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like one, like one grocery store, a couple of yeah. convenience stores, tra- train track that goes through the city and all that yeah. of stuff. Everybody knows each other's name. Yeah. Um, But the thinking though, like like the thinking that they instilled within within my mind is really what helped to, to get me um, in a space where it was like, all right, well, I, I see more than just, this this backyard that we're mm. that we're using our imagination to play yes. in, yeah. Um, and and that's that was really that was one of the goals of the book. Like I just wanted to really share with the world the the potential that that lies within all of us. But also, when you have a dedicated group of individuals, yep, you hear a lot of it. You hear it a lot of times when people say it takes a village. I mean, yep. that's that's true. And wow. the the people within that book they make up that that village and they're ultimately the ones who everything that's going on right now is because of them
0: yeah yeah you make that so clear too like that uh, if you boil down your book you boil down your story it's not that you can run 19 miles an hour right like it's not that you <laughs> have these world records it's that people helped you get there and lex you, it's not just the people it's you had to be vulnerable enough To, to, to allow people to help you. And I want to get into trust and some of that stuff, but real quick, man, like for, what do you think, what would your mom with all the, uh, with everything that's happened with all the stuff that she's learned from having a son dealing with blindness and everything, what advice would your mom give to someone in a similar situation, you know, to, to go back 20 some odd years to my mom. Right. And and your child is diagnosed with some condition, whether it be, um, you you know, whether it be an eye condition or you know, whatever it might be, some sort of diagnosis that is so heart-wrenching in the moment, what what advice would your mom give to a parent?
1: I think that she would say to you know, love them and you know, show them show them that 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 major love, that big love, and to empower them to yeah. help them to see that even within this challenge that we have that you're currently facing like you you're you still have a purpose here you Mm -hmm. still mean something you're breathing you have a heartbeat it may be difficult right now but there's something that is meant especially for you specifically for you and and throughout the process with me she was she was there constantly there was that consistent that consistent motivation and that consistent uh, you know kind of just imagine yourself being in a being in a swing and you're trying to get yeah. yourself going but you need that person to, to, mm. to give you that, that push so you can so you can really get your legs working so you can get that height and swing back and forth and back and forth she's going to say hey you know be with this person if it's your sibling your son your yeah. your daughter whoever yeah um, be that push for them and and help them to see that all right you know With a little bit of with a little bit of help, um, that will really, you know, help me to get this swing moving and I can continue to 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 climb higher and higher and higher. And and another thing that I think that she would say too, besides the the love and empowerment and and staying, you know, keeping connected and, and providing that push, I think that she would say, you know, after you empower them and after you equip them with everything that they need, all of the resources and characteristics and qualities and Whatever else that you want them to learn, you have to, you got to get to that point where you have to step to the side and and allow them to wow. to move forward, right? So yeah. we think about long jump. I know we'll probably talk about it, but when I compete in long jump, I have someone who's standing there and he's clapping and yelling. I'm about 120 feet away. Yeah. So we have a, a you know 120 feet in between where I'm standing and where he's standing. He's yelling at the top of his lungs inside of this huge Paralympic stadium in front of 80 plus thousand people in the stands. Right. So it's loud in there. It's echoing a little bit, a lot of stuff going on, but you still have to focus on this one voice. I take off. Running, 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 running. And then at the right time, Wesley, my God, he moves out of the way and he allows me to, to fly and, and soar through the air, land in the sand. So circling back to my mom, She's going to tell you that, listen, you can, you empower them as much as you can. You love them. You lift them up. You encourage them. You stay connected with them. You give them that push. And in, in some, some ways, sometimes you give them, uh, uh, you know, a harder push. Yeah. Get that, <laughs> get that, get that, that car moving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Get the energy going, but similar to the long jump. At some point in time, you got to recognize when to move out of the way mm-hmm. because you don't want to be that person who stands there and creates a collision yeah. for this person who's now, who, who now like they're, they're motivated, they're inspired. They can see what's possible. They can see where mm-hmm. they're going yeah. and you don't want to be a, be that barrier that, yeah. that stops them, allow, allow them to have the control. So learn when to move out of the way. Long story short. Yeah. So that this person can, you've equipped them with everything. Let them go out yeah. into the world and figure it out. Let yeah. Them fly.
0: Let them fly. I, 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 I love it. And and on the theme of people, uh, I'm reading this book. I'm reading your book, Mr. Whitmer. I'm like, I where Mr. Whitmer? It, he is mm-hmm. the man. Is he not? Like I, I was so impacted by the story because I'm just like envisioning this guy in my head. And yep. Lex, you made you painted such a picture of him that like he cared so deeply for you yeah. and I was so I, honestly like I was like convicted I was like my goodness like I want to make sure I'm a Mr. Whitmer to someone else where yeah. I'm empowering and, and encouraging and because again just like your mom was so important it, it, it if I could you know I mean I could be wrong here but you know I don't know if the Paralympics happens for you without Mr. Whitmer like it, yeah. his, his, his yeah. coaching and leading was that powerful so
1: Talk to us about that guy. Talk about uh, talk yep. to us
0: about Mr. Wimmer.
1: Definitely, and that's a really good point that you mentioned about the Paralympics may not have been in the cars. and that yeah. you hear about so many people. Where, well, mind you, I'm I'm going to high school in yep. you know earlier in the 2000s. Yeah. So it's certainly gotten bigger. The Paralympics, that is, it's certainly gotten bigger. Since sure. that Time and the awareness has has gotten has increased a lot. Yeah. But there are still stories out there where people have never heard of the Paralympics and they yep. may find out about it through a magazine, or maybe yeah. they've they're flipping through the TV and they just so happen to see something. And for that person, that person could be like 25, 30 years old when they first yeah. find out about it. Yep. And you think about um, in, in the, in the world of sport, um, youth is, is in <laughs> like that's a competitive advantage yep, that's the prime right there and, yep. uh, exactly so when you find out about it say 30 years old not to say that it can't be done right um you just think about what it could have looked like sure. had you found out about it uh when at my age when I was 15 years old
2: yeah yeah and
1: I had a coach Whitmer uh, Mr. Whitmer who essentially he was my teacher of the visual impaired he was a TVI so he made sure that I had all my books in braille, made sure I had a computer with a screen reader on it and basically made sure that, that the academic experience was to uh, you know, it, it was 100% a one, yeah. just the yeah. best, best experience. But he also went to physical education class with me, PE class. And um, in in an environment where so many times a teacher may have, a, a student who has a disability that teacher may say oh well we're we're shooting basketball today or we're playing dodgeball today yeah this person has a disability you, you might want to sit this one out or, yeah. uh, get a get a head start on your on your homework we don't want to get there. you hurt or anything like yep, that yep been there uh, like Mr. Whitmer was the one to say uh-uh we're going to figure out a way to to include Lex we're going to figure out a way to, okay, well, he can't see the basketball rim. We're going to, I'm going to take his cane. I'm going to tap the rim. He's going to oh, dribble the basketball. He's going to shoot. Like, he's the guy who figures out, he figures out a way for everything. He adapts everything yeah. so that it creates an inclusive environment. Yes. Uh, for me, I can participate. And my mom kept me in mainstream school. So all I really knew at that time was, was participating alongside Side of peers, of yeah. classmates. Yep. And as a side note, the awesome thing about having coach Whitmer in that classroom was that the, the students and teachers are seeing how he engages and interacts with me. Mm. So let's say that he, I don't know, it's, it's, it's December or January in North Carolina, he catches the flu. Yeah. So now he's out of work for, for, for three, four days, trying to get yep. the fever down and everything else. Yep. So since he has, he set this example in PE class, the, the kids have seen it, teachers have seen it. Now they don't have an excuse to say, oh, well, Lex can Lex is just gonna sit on the sideline. I think they 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 were inspired and motivated and saw that, oh, okay, well, well, sheesh, we learned something new. Like you yeah. can do these things. Right. And they see how they they saw those different, um, you know, different things that Mr. Whitmer did in terms of the adaptations. And so when he wasn't around, it was like, all right, Lex, hey, let, like, let's let's continue to play, like the show goes yeah, on. Yep. Um. So he was definitely a just a just a huge, a huge, oh man, I don't even. I mean, there's so many different words that you could put there, but sure. just an amazing, amazing person to be yep. able to to introduce me to um to Paralympic sport, and and ultimately just introduce me again to. Or not even introduce me, but hammer down the idea of, of this is possible. At yeah. the end of the day, like, like yes, you have this, you have this blindness, yeah. but we're going to figure out a way to to make sure that you are still a part. And that's just his mindset with absolutely everything. I actually talked to him uh, yesterday. Oh. Uh, we still keep up with yeah. each other, and it's amazing. And I know that he. He lives vicariously through a lot of the yes the trips and, and, yep. and wins and losses that, that I have as an athlete because he was there in the beginning. So and definitely when we go to when we go to these different countries and stuff like that, they equip us with just tons of gear and shoes and stuff like that. So I always make sure to put some stuff to the side for him yeah. and, and send some stuff on a on on the surprise. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always cool to hear the excitement in his voice when he's like, Oh man, dude, yeah. like you sent me that like, so, uh, yeah, man, he, he's, he's amazing. Yeah. Be a Whitmer, you know, like you need to get a t-shirt
0: like that says that be yeah. a Whitmer because, uh, again, man, I want to be that it, part of the reason I started this podcast is, you know, losing my vision. I don't know what the future holds for, for me and my site, but I've got two baby girls, Uh, one just turned a year old, uh, just a few days ago. Thank you. And the other is about to be three. Uh, they're wild Lex. All right. So if you (laughs) want to babysit, you know, I'm, I'll be in San Diego and oh, I'm going to run the energy out of them. Oh Oh, yeah. We're
1: going to get them on the track. We're going to, yeah, we're going to race. I'm about to cry.
0: I'm about to cry. Cause that sounds incredible. We, I got, <laughs> you can have them, you know, you can have them, but I, I want to be a Whitmer to them. Right. I want to tell my girls, Hey, it is possible. And this is, this is something not just for me with a disability, man, but this, like this is for people who, grew up in, in poverty, right? That yeah. someone can look at them and say, Hey, doesn't matter where you grew up. doesn't matter what your last name is. I don't care what your dad did. I don't care. Yeah. Hey, it is possible. And sometimes that's not all. Now you had a great mom, which is um, yeah. incredible. Not everybody's got that. So yeah. it's just, it lends so much credence to how important the public school system is and you need a Whitmer. So like, I, I, I don't know. I'm just so encouraged by by that. And again, convicted, like, all right, who, who am I Whitmering? You know, if I could verbalize, yeah. make, make uh, Mr. Whitmer into a verb, who am I Whitmering? So, and again, yeah. this, this what's cool, man. Like he did this years ago for you. And now we're talking about him on a podcast. You know, he, yeah. it's just, his impact is just continuing and continuing. And it, it just makes me so happy. So he, he's the one who, you know, you're jumping out the gym, you know, you're, you're doing some of these, uh, pre, uh some of these fitness tests and you're yeah. like, jumping like crazy. So Mr. Whitmer, if I've got the story straight, he he introduces you to the long jump and uh, yeah. he's got you running outside and jumping into the sand. And I stinking love this part. You're like, uh, you know, which is crazy. You're running as fast as you can, like with your eyes closed, you can't see yeah. anything. <laughs> and you yeah. say, I don't know if I'm about to jump into sand or into a Buick. And I just saw man, right. Oh, so funny. Right. So, yeah, uh, so like, so that's where this kind of starts. And I'm just curious, as you're doing this, as you're doing this with Mr. Whitmer, and again, now we're you know kind of in your teens and you're jumping, you're, you're getting acclimated and he's telling you you can do this. I, I get that you had a great support system, but man, what else is it inside you that said, listen, I'm not allowing blindness to stop me. You know, I'm not, this is hard. This is scary. Uh, not even from an athletic perspective, but everything, yeah. when I'm listening to you and reading your book and everything, I just get this insane determination so like why didn't you succumb to fear or frustration or insecurity like what is it inside of Lex Gillette and maybe it is just the people around you but what is it that kept you going and that didn't allow you to allow blindness to be uh uh, something that was going to be a barrier for you
1: I think uh man that's a really good question a lot of it is not Wanting to okay, no, I'll put it this way. I think that we all are on this quest in life to figure out what what our purpose is and what that one what that one thing is. And and so when you think about it from an athletic standpoint, when I was first introduced to long jump, I definitely went through that through that time where I was I was afraid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely fear there. Somebody is asking you to to run full speed and i mean honestly like
0: if everyone just listen to that for a second like close your eyes and run as fast as you can somewhere like
1: yeah (laughs) right terrifying that alone i mean like if you just eliminate the sand pit yeah from it that alone just running somewhere without being able to see like i was saying in the book you could run into so many different things you could fall down steps or you can twist your ankle or there's just so many different things and and we do a lot of I facilitate different programs and so that's that's one of the exercises where we'll literally have people blindfolded and they'll run and of course they have some sort of some sort of sighted assistance similar to to when we compete in the Paralympics but as soon as you take sight away from someone Mm. now there's so many different things that pop up in their mind and, and, and they're thinking that previously they were able to see that we're on this flat eight lane track and as soon as they put that blindfold on these imaginary steps Mm. start to appear like they're like oh they're lifting their feet up super high because they're oh my gosh i didn't know if i'm gonna fall over something right it's like well you are you just saw the environment you saw the landscape there's literally nothing Mm. here we're not going to to trip you up yeah but um but uh i think that we're all on this you know, this quest to find like our, our worth and our, our, our purpose and our why. And I think for me, since I had found something within that physical fitness test, I was one of the best standing long jumpers in the school as a freshman. And as a, as a kid growing up, you're in high school, the, the kids who are on the they're on the sports teams they they're like they're like celebrities you know what i'm saying like at, at the school going, right. oh my gosh like such and such is on the football team. Yeah, he yeah, made yeah. the last second shot at the basketball right. game there yeah we were the ones that in our high school we got our announcements were on tv and stuff like that so mm-hmm. it added that visual element to it and i think just just the idea of like oh man like I grew up loving sports. Like, my mom's side of the family is the right. athletic side. I, I love North Carolina basketball. Big love Jordan Panthers. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, being an athlete, like, that would be so cool. Yeah. And and to have someone there helping me and and opening this door to the possibilities, I was like, well, let me see what this is. Let me see what this is all about. Let me see what he's talking about. And And even beyond that thinking thinking back to just the home environment yeah what would my mom expect from me Mm. again she didn't she didn't urge me to be an athlete she all she expected me to always put my best
2: Mm. foot
1: forward yeah and to give my 100 percent like all of Alexis Gillette into everything that 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 I'm a part of and so just thinking back to those, those beginning days of of long jump, I think that's what it was. It was like, man, these people in your life have invested so much time into you. The least that you can do is just give this a shot Mm. and see what happens. And who knows this might even be, you know, something that, that, you know, maybe you will go to the Paralympic Sure. Maybe you will travel the world who knows. And I think that for all of us who deal with daunting moments and, and you know, stressful times and just all of these, these different uh, challenges in life. I think a, a very important question that we all have to ask ourselves is for, for us in these moments, if you don't get out there and, and give it a shot, if you don't give yourself a chance, yep. what sort of potential opportunities and and potential success are you just totally Eliminating from your life by not even just by not even throwing your name in the hat. Give it a shot. You know what I'm saying? That's like yep. that's like like being in class and and you get the sixty points just from writing your name at the top of the paper, and you probably yeah. don't get that many points. But right, right, right. Write your name at the top of the paper. Yep. So the so the teacher knows whose work it is, so they can grade it. Yep. Like give yourself a shot, so you can see what happens. What's the, what, like, what's the possibility? You just never really know. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I just wanted to get out there and, and, you know, you have a Coach Whitmer who's painting this amazing vision for you of what's possible. You have an amazing mom who has fueled you with so much, just, 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 just everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's put the two together and see what happens.
0: Yeah. And it, you know, it probably helps that you were probably just naturally gifted to do it anyway, Lex. <laughs> no,
1: yeah, there was a little bit of that. Yeah. You know, no, you that.
0: gifted to do it. You know, and then you, it sounds like you just found something you love. And I think that's part of it too. It's like, you can have the support system, but if you don't shoot your shot, right. And, and, yeah. and we'll link in the, to the Ted talk that you did, but you talk about taking a shot in the dark and yours was a yeah. pun, right? Like literally can't see anything, but I'm going to take a shot. And I think so many people, we, we're this nine to five generation. We don't have time for anything and nobody's taking yeah. a shot. No one's given something else a try. And man, you might love it. You might be successful and it doesn't have to be some business venture. You don't have to make a, a ton of money. It's just like, yeah, maybe there's something out there. Maybe you, you, you felt a, a, a prodding to write a book or, Hey, I need to yeah. tell my story to somebody. And when we yeah. find something, and then you can lean into it. Right. And then, uh, those things that the, you, you, ha- it's funny, I, I talked to somebody recently, and it's like, we're afraid of things that that haven't even happened yet. Like we're afraid yeah. of failure. And it's, it hasn't happened because we haven't even tried it. Right. So I, yeah. I, I think fear is so dilapidating to so many people uh, that we don't even do anything. So and again, we'll link to it. But it's just like, hey, take your shot. And I think that's just the encouraging thing is like, you took your shot on long jump. And now it's turned into something so incredible that you have somebody on the other side of the country. So inspired by your story. And that all happened because you, you, you took a shot and I just, I'm so encouraged by that. So I want to fast forward just a little bit, you know, we kind of start getting into, uh, some qualifying for the Olympics, you go to college and whatnot. And I want to talk about trust, uh, and Wesley, you know, I know you had a couple of different guides, but, uh, uh again the common theme You yeah mom grandma you have mr whitmer and then you have wesley and it's the guy you can explain a little bit how it works with long jump and you know it's funny too uh, he must be fast you know you're doing the 100, yeah. 100 he's got to be pretty fast too you know <laughs> so yeah. i just yeah, I
1: thought sure. that was
0: great but uh, you had to learn to trust a guide right you literally can't see he's bringing you out to the uh to the track he he's calling how did you, and I guess that's even a better question is how'd you develop that trust? Like you can meet each other. Okay. This is kind of a business transaction. I'm going to, I need you. I'm going to trust you. Yep, <laughs> You're running, but like what happened to, to literally, and then you, you have the amazing moment in Qatar that we can talk about too, but man, how did you learn how to trust Wesley the way that you did?
1: Yeah. I think a lot of it is in order for us to really get where we want to go in life. A lot of the key to those future successes lies in being able to not only trust yourself but trust others. Mm. Literally the the journey of life you can't do it alone. Yeah. And anybody who says that you can is to- they're lying. Yeah. And and they are totally just ignoring the people who have in some way directly or indirectly helped them get to to where they are. Like literally the connection and relationships is is a foundation for for so much success and so when you think about when you think about working with uh wesley or jerome my previous guide or or coach whitmer yeah um my first guide in order for me to really you know had gotten to this space where i could you know run confidently down this runway and and jump into a huge sandpit it was like all right well i have to I have to trust this person, number one, to to give me great signals and direction. So to paint the picture, when we're in the long jump specifically, I have my guide who they stand at that takeoff board and they're clapping and yelling. So I know which direction to run. And from there is me counting my strides and at the right at the right stride, I jump. So usually it's 16 strides that it takes for me to cover that one hundred and twenty some odd feet distance but when we are when we're competing in the the, on the sprint side your guide is they're running directly beside you so either to your left or right and that's based on whatever your comfort level is sure and in the paralympics you're designated two lanes so you have two lanes to operate with Mm. and you are connected with a, a tether so it's a gives you, puts you in the mind of a, like a, a langard, If you yeah, will. Yeah. You can, there's two loops on either side and I can put two or three of my fingers inside of that loop. And then gotcha. you can put two or three fingers gotcha. inside of yours and you're trying to navigate down the track as fast as possible and sync. It's so yeah. almost like a, like the, the old school three-legged races that sure. we would do in elementary school. But yep. now you're, you know, you're, you're connected at the hand. Yeah. Um, and of course, in you think about the hundred meters or whatever race it is, your guide has to be, a lot of people say they have to be as fast as you, but they really have to be faster than you. Yeah. Because they need to be able to, this is a person you're training with them on a daily, daily basis. And they need to be able to hit these reps, bam, 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 and be able to come back very easily. Whereas you, you want to actually be uh, pushing, pushing yourself and testing the, these, these, uh, tapping into these different systems and, and energy systems and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so you want to be working. You don't really want them to be working. The only work that you want them to do is, is work on being the best guide possible, which requires you know, a lot of communication, obviously being in, in physical shape, phenomenal physical shape. And, uh, you know, the just just making sure that um for on the guide side of things, that's being taken care of so that the competition can unravel the way the athlete wants it to unravel. And specifically with with Wesley, I mean I would say that in order for a guide to really do their job effectively, there there needs to be some vulnerability on on the athlete side as well. Yeah. And, and just letting them know, hey, this is this is what helps me. Yeah. This is what doesn't help me. These are the things that motivate me. These are the things that don't motivate me. These are the things as someone who is blind, this is what's going to help me. I need you to be descriptive. I need you to tell me when to mm. step up on a curve. I need you to tell me when we're yeah. walking downstairs. I need you to tell me and, and, and explain to me what, what the stadium looks like or what the long jump pit looks like so I can have this 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 image in my mind like i literally need you to to be my eyes mm. and so in order to really i think another way to to really strengthen that trust is to let this person know that hey like i'm i'm leaning on you yeah. you're my support system and i think that when you give other people uh people who are, are are genuine and and really are about the cause and want to see you succeed and 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 i'll you know and they want to succeed yeah. I want them to, to, to have that success also. Like Absolutely. you're pouring into me, but this is a, a team effort. I want you to feel like you're getting some sort of satisfaction from from this uh this interaction and relationship as well. Yeah. So I think that when you when you let them know that, hey, like I'm trusting in you, yeah. I think that that gives that 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 gives a, a certain type of power as well. And lets them know that, hey, like he he's depending on me let me step my game up let me get on this horse and really make sure that like I'm doing what I need to do yeah so that I won't let this person down or I won't be in a position where there's some some gaps or la- lapses or or glitches um and so I, I I just that that was a really that was a big piece um uh, just letting Wesley know like hey man um, by the time I had met Wesley I was I was probably uh 5 years into competing <laughs> Yeah. So I had a good idea of what I wanted, um, and and knew what I could, you know, what I could handle, and what what would help me, and what doesn't help me, et cetera. Uh, and it was really just like, hey, man, this is the vision that I see. I want yeah. you to be a part of that. I want you to play an integral role in me achieving this. Um, you know, I want to give you the space and the freedom to to do your thing. But these are the, you know, these are kind of the quote unquote bullet points or or this yeah. is my mission and my vision that I want to, that I want to achieve. Um, let's, let's, you know, I'm going to do what I need to do to give you your space to, to be the best version of yourself, to bring the best version of yourself to this, to the table so that we can go out here and, and, and change the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah, S- straight foot race. Who's faster, you or Wesley?
1: Uh, if he if <laughs> listen, you know, we won't tell he, him. We won't tell him. All right. Hey, if <laughs> if he um, I always tell people in a in a race where he doesn't have to wear the blindfold, he mm-hmm. he will win. Got you for sure. But as soon as he puts the blindfold on, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm working him out. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Right. That's <laughs>
0: that's so funny. All right. We won't tell him. We won't tell him. So Lex, you've had so many of these amazing moments, world championships, Olympics, uh, Paralympics, you know, going on the podium, just give me a moment. Give me one or two moments. Just, you know, again, you, you have the moment in Qatar and, and y'all, we don't have time. Lex, is, Lex has an incredible book you, you all need to read and we don't have time to do- go over every single thing. But Lex, give me a story or two just from the Olympics and kind of paint the picture and, and, and take us in the moment where you're in the, you're in the, uh, uh, you're in the stadium, or when you know they're putting the medal around
1: your neck, give us give us a, a moment. Hmm. Let me see here. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go back to 2004. That was my first time. Yeah. Literally fresh, like fresh out of high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to figure out, like, like, like you're in college now, et cetera, et cetera. You find yourself in in Athens, Greece. And the funny thing about that mm. is, I went to Athens Drive High School. And literally, you know, the next year, I'm in Athens, Greece. 2004, we're inside the stadium and I had just secured uh, that uh, silver medal jump. And um, I competed on the first day of the Paralympic Games. It was the first day of track and field competition. Were you freaking out? Like,
0: like, I know you were prepped. Were you freaking out? Um,
1: Nah, nah,
0: nah. Man, this guy. All right, all right, all right.
1: I wasn't. I think, man. Yeah, I don't know. There, you like a lot of my friends. They may tell you like I mean, you. You got to come with something like really just phenomenal to 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 make my demeanor just sure to make me check. But <laughs> most people would be like, oh my gosh, you went to the Paralympic Games, right? Make you feel a certain type of way, right? And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely did. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm standing on the podium. Yeah. It was late at night. Yeah. Competition was, you know, competition was over, but they're they're running the the medal ceremonies and I step on that the podium. Um they put the the wreath on my head. Flag goes up. Yeah. Young lady puts the the medal around my neck. And I think at that time I just came to the realization that all of those all of those years like literally you know, 11, 12 years prior to that particular moment, I was in and out of the hospital mm. wondering whether or not Jeez. I was going to see again.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: And um, and, and so you fast forward to that moment in time. My mom is in the stands. My mm. grandmother is in the stands. Oh, my gosh. Coach Whitmer is in the stands. Oh, my gosh. And his wife yeah. is in the stands as well. So the 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 four people wow. who who basically played a a part in just shaping my entire life are are there to see that moment and and you just it's like wow they literally got to see the product of of all of their investment. Man. Um and then that just investment in time and love and care and, and guidance and you know et cetera, et cetera. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was, that's one that'll go down in, in history. I'll never forget about that.
0: Man, I cannot, I can't even imagine having, having those people in the, in the stands and just like, what were they thinking? Like, I'm, I'm sure Mr. Whitmer is like a pretty humble guy. I'm sure he's just a good dude. But at what point are you sitting there and be like, man, I did, I did that. You know, like he, he, yeah. didn't, he would, cause like he, he was like, you're, you're wearing Whitmer on your back, right? Like yeah, his name was literally on you as you're running that. And I'm sure he wasn't thinking that I'm, I'm out here as a spectator, just like, dear God, he had to been, yeah, I mean, just, and it, it just goes back, man. Like I, I want to be a Whitmer to somebody. He left the yeah. school and stinking and got on a flight with you and he just invested yeah. so much in you. And that is such a beautiful thing. And honestly, so many more, so many of us need to be doing similar things. We need to be the Whitmer yeah. or we need to be vulnerable to the point and allow people in our lives and allow people to be that Whitmer to us where we're having yeah. conversations with people like, Hey, uh, and you know, pun, pun, uh, not intended here, but Hey, like, mm-hmm. what are my blind spots? Like, give me some feedback yep. on this or, Hey, I need your help. Hey, I'm, I'm really bad at this getting, you know, accountability. Yep. And, and, and I think, It takes a village. My goodness, I'm an adult and I need people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, dear God, I need so many people in my life to be able to make this happen. I've got buddies uh, who encourage me to do the podcast. There's moments, Lex, where I'm frustrated. I can't. uh, I don't. I'm just not gonna do it. Nobody's gonna listen. Nobody cares. I'm not good. And it's like, hey, you need to do the podcast. I'm like. All right, fine. I'm gonna go send some DMs, right. and all um, all right. I found this guy, Lex Gillette. I'm gonna send him. A, I'm gonna send him a DM, and just, we'll see what <laughs> happens, right? We'll see what happens. But yeah. it's just so important to get people in your corner, and I, I, I just love it. And I, I know there's a million and a half things, and and we'll go quick here, Lex. We're coming in on an hour already, but man, I'm sure it's you can't really boil it down to one thing because I love thinking about the whole process. I think it's okay. You have the people in your life. Um, you have. Uh, you know, you gave it a shot, but then Lex, you put in the work, bro. Like, yeah, you put in the time. You probably spent a, a, an absurd amount of time on the track, on uh, in the gym, weight training, doing the right exercises. You know, doing the Frankenstein's like you mentioned in in the book, right, yeah. or or the podcast, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, like you've got you put in the time, and I, I that's what's so powerful for me. Like, you were disciplined, um, and I think that speaks volumes to me because that's an area where I've tried to make myself better where, um, you know, you've, you've disciplines hard, you know, it's not called discipline. Yeah, you know, dis, discipline's not like an easy word, right? Like you've got to, okay, I got to wake up early. I got to get to the track. I got to do. So, you know, there's so many factors, but if you could give me one or two things kind of even outside, outside of, we know what was Mr. Whitmer did. And we know what your mom did, but man, what are the main other factors that got you up on that podium? Again, w- world record holder, multiple gold medals in the world championship, mul- multiple silver. Again, snub for one, if I could say so myself. But um, hey,
1: hey, Tokyo, we're gonna get it, bro. Get the yeah. Goal, we, oh, we're about
0: to talk about Tokyo. Let's go. But man, what what got you there? Why why did Lex Gillette again outside of everything else? Why are you on the podium? Like why are, why did you make it happen?
1: I would say it all revolves around vision. Yeah, And I, I talk a lot about vision and, and not to be confused with sight, but being able to see things beyond the horizon and being able uh, to see things before they exist. So powerful. Being able to, to that was, I mean, when I had lost my sight, the, the challenge was, you know, how am I going to continue living in this world that in a lot of ways is a visual world? Yeah. Um, and And understanding that everything that has been created everything that will be created, it always starts with, with a vision. You see Mm. it within yourself. You see it within others before it even like it has to, you have to see the vision before it it becomes reality. Right. And, uh, and so um, the reason that I say that I choose that one is because once you see this vision, your end goal, what you want to do, who you want to become, where yeah. you want to go, then it requires all of these other things to be tapped mm. into. It requires discipline because you're not going to achieve your vision if Starts you're not disciplined. Yeah, let's Yeah, God, that's so good. Like I want to win gold, but yeah, I'm not going to win gold by eating McDonald's every day, or mm. or you know, I'm not going to win gold by getting four hours of sleep a night. Like right. it requires discipline in these yep. areas and trimming the fat in areas where is going to lead to that, that end goal. Yeah. And, 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 achieving the vision also requires teamwork. It requires others. It requires being able to, to be vulnerable and and to open up and to, to trust. And yeah, like when you have the vision is the, that's the foundational piece for me. That's the, that's the trampoline. And once you're able to to realize that and and understand where you want to go and who you want to become then the next step is okay well I see the vision I have this 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 uh this thing that I see off in the distance but just because I see it doesn't mean that it automatically becomes sure uh true or it it, you know becomes my reality it requires some work like the gap that there's a gap between where I am and where my vision is so what am i gonna to do to, to to cover that gap to wow. decrease it and to to bring that vision literally in front of my face like so i can touch it yeah. taste it and breathe it and live it
0: yeah yeah you said somewhere lex that vision allows you to see past your current current reality and yep. um you know this is just some something i, I ask because like we can see the highlights we can read your book and you know, you have, you talk about some low moments, you talk about some issues and it's not yeah. all sunshine and roses. So tell me this, man, cause this is something, this is, you know, just for me, cause I'll have that random day. And in pretty much every episode I've said, oh, what are you doing that random Tuesday? Cause like, I'll have Tuesdays yeah. where I'm just like, all right, it's pity party day. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking going blind and I'm frustrated. Yeah. I want to go outside and play catch with my daughter but I can't yeah. see, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so yeah. What let, like, do you have those days and what do you do practically or whatever it might look like for you? How do you, how do you, how do you push through that?
1: Yeah, definitely at those times. I mean, there's times where I don't want to train or there's times where, you know, certain people in your life are getting on your nerves, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, make you, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's stuff that I have to deal with also. Um, but I think in in today's a, day and age, I think that we're starting to understand how important um, you know, mental, like the mental side of things is, and just literally being able to like sit down and give yourself the opportunity to breathe from a mental standpoint um, and, and and just saying like, all right, let me just take some breaths. Yeah. Let me get out here like by myself. Let me just walk around. Let me Mm. just get away from the hustle and bustle of of life because it definitely is like, it's, it's really hard. Yeah. But I think um, one of the other things that, that I like to, to do in these moments is especially at low moments is to really think about, think about those bright spots. And it sounds so, cliche if you will people oh you know just think about the good moments but no literally like literally think about those things because those are like the the wings that carry us through these challenging moments like there's a a program that i'm a part of called classroom champions and so we work with underserved and and under um, underrepresented kids around the the country yeah and um and so each month we teach them about different skills so it could be uh, September is dedicated to goal setting. So we teach them about long-term and short-term goals and how to use those in our lives. And, and January is perseverance month. So uh, talking to them about being able to, to push through challenging moments and, and tips and tricks that they can capitalize on that'll help them get through those moments. So each month is dedicated to something specifically. And um, so I point that program out because uh, a, couple, a couple of the years that, that I've been a part of the program, at the end of the school year, the kids uh, who they're, uh, they're not um, blind or visually impaired. There may yeah. be some kids within the school who are, sure, sure. but the majority of them are, you know, they they're sighted. Yeah. And so, uh, a couple of years, the kids found Brailleist, so someone who who mm-hmm. works yep. in uh, transcribing print to Braille, and they wrote letters. And they had the the Brailles transcribe those letters into braille, and they would send them to me, send them to me in the mail, um, oh, in like a like a book form. Yeah. So that's beautiful, you know, for me, uh, life is like life is it happens so fast. Bam, bam, bam. You yeah. get up the train, like like world championships is 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 next year, and then you have another one. Then you have the games, and then like yep. there's always something, and so it's very easy to just. To just keep going and not really sit down and take the time to recognize you know everything that has happened and all of the the amazing things that you've been a part of and all the all the good that you've done blah blah blah, blah. yeah and so when I think about like when times get rough I'll pull out one of those books from oh, beautiful from my students yeah and literally just read those letters and, and it just makes you smile and make you and 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 make you realize that you know what the the challenges that i am facing right now they're not as bad as Mm. as what i'm making them out to be yeah like these this is the impact that i'm having on the world these are the kids lives who are being changed and and it it really just puts it into perspective like listen like there's a reason why i'm here yeah um and this is a part of it so it's just finding those those good moments and for you, man, you're dad. Like you got kids, you get to hear kids laugh. You get to hear them playing. Hey, like but that. then you
0: got to hear them cry too, bro. Like <laughs>
1: yeah, listen, yeah, you, you got to hear all of it. All right, <laughs> but you're right. You're right. Definitely, you're right. <laughs> definitely. Um, nah, it's it's certainly hard, but yeah. Um, there there's always a way that we can, yeah, we can get through these, through these times for sure.
0: Yeah, man, I love it. I love it. I love it. I um, you're such an inspiration. I just. I hope you can think of me in some of those moments too, man. Like I, I'm so glad we were able to get connected on this and uh, just, again, just know like you're inspiring me and you know, I, it's not like I listen, I'm trying, you know, well, I'll, I'll get, I'll get a, a ton of followers. You know, I, I've got, there's a few hundred people who listen to the podcast, man. And I think they're going to hear your story and be inspired. And and that's why I love the medium of podcasts because like we're on different sides of the country. You're telling me your story. And I promise you people are going to reach out to me after this drops and be like, Dear God, Lex is amazing. Or man, I'm feeling so inspired. So thank you for being vulnerable and telling your story. And um, man, but before we, we we hop off here, where can people follow you? What's coming up for you? It, it, look, did I hear this correct
1: today? Is, is it back on Tokyo, July? Like th- this coming July, it's back on? Yeah, Tokyo is going to happen. So the Olympics are happening. I think they start on July 23rd, and Paralympics start. I want to say on the 25th. I should probably know these dates. Sure. But uh, we, um, yeah. So they, they you will and Wesley, baby.
0: Let's go. <laughs> yes. Let's exactly. go. Well, we're all room for you, man. That's think. Oh, I'm so excited. I literally heard that today. Um, that it was back on the the IOC chair said something about it being yep yeah, j- j- just what you said July 23rd. Um, which yep. got me pumped up my wife is a big fan of the olympics and i've always kind of been on the outside uh but you know even going through being, having a disability it's funny you mentioned earlier about not not a lot of people knowing about paralympics i think i knew about it but to be frank like i knew way more about like the special olympics uh yeah. before yeah. i knew anything about paralympics right and now that i'm kind you know i'm part of part of this community um and, and to be to be honest just i'm a sports guy so there's a I'd like to kind of find some, some other uh Paralympians to to have conversations with because yeah it's just incredible uh what people overcome to make this thing happen. And I, I you know, you're you're just having a conversation with someone who's blind. You know, it's not like you're just visually impaired, Lex. Like yeah what do you see? What do you see outside right now? You're outside in San Diego, what do you see?
1: Um <laughs> uh it's dark. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. Not, not much of anything. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know what? I, I mean, for the sake of this, this interview, man, I, at this point, I just see nothing, but nothing but possibility oh, out here, man. man. Like, Let's go. Yeah. Such it, an encouragement, like, literally... bro.
0: Thank you for encouraging me. Thank you for being an inspiration. I, I'm, I'm confident so many people are going to hear this and, and be pumped up. But LexGillette.com, it's at LexGillette everywhere, right? Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, everywhere. Go follow this man. Hit me up. Go look at his Jordans. (laughs) He's got so many Jordans. Go look at what he's doing. Lex is honestly awesome. And and I'm dead serious. I'm not saying this, Lex, to make you feel good because I've read some bad books in my life. Uh, I I couldn't put your book down. Uh, I'm being dead serious. And I, I think the the cadence and rhythm of the chapters, they weren't these bulky, super long, whatever. But you were you're able to write with such imagery. Like I was literally in your grandma's backyard. And I yeah. I, I stinking loved it, man. And I I think the the chapter I left off of Where's Your Wesley? And I'm yeah. like, man, it's so powerful. So I'm gonna put a put a link, uh I think it's, which is probably a shame. It's probably shouldn't even be, I think it's a dollar if I'm not mistaken for Kindle. Is that
1: that? that, Yeah. It might be on the Kindle side. Listen,
0: that's robbery. All right. Buy (laughs) buy the single paperback. My goodness. Cause this book is phenomenal, but Lex, man, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: No, thank you. I really appreciate it, man. And and we'll definitely have to stay connected. And, and I think, man, you know what? I got to give you a challenge because, the podcast you know it's it's you know for for the sake of, of um you know we, we, you're growing right yeah yeah you're in, a, you're in a growing stage that's it and so i'm going to what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna hook you up with let's say two or three people who you can interview oh my god and what i would suggest you do if you're not already doing it is everyone who you talk to you 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 literally a call to action for them is, hey, can you connect me with another person who can, who would be a good person for this podcast? Because yeah, yeah, like people have heard my story and and they'll relate to it. Yeah. But the people who I connect you with, they may listen to their story and it may resonate more with them. And so we just need to continue to, to keep the thing going. And that's like, I mean, that's, that's an easy, easy thing. I'm going to tell you this last story. Yeah, please. Cause this is like a, this is a gem. Oh, so please. when I had, like, before I got into speaking, um, before I had gotten to speaking, I was just out here, you know, competing, et cetera, et cetera. I was wanting to get, uh, I was wanting to get into speaking. And one of my really good friends out here in California, I was talking to her and, uh, I said, like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to, I want to, I, I want to start speaking more. And she said, have you have you told anybody? Oh. And uh I said, No. Yep. <laughs> she said, Well, uh, she said, Well, how are you going to start speaking? And nobody knows. I have oh, haven't asked anybody. she yeah. was like, uh, she, and so from there, so this is this is the this is the, the 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 I can't even get my words out right now, but this is the bombshell right here. This is mm-hmm. the bomb. So I had told her that. And, um, and so she shoots me a a text or a note or something like that. And, uh, have you ever thought about doing a, you know, TEDx talk or whatnot? And I said, Oh, no. Wow. And so she says, well, I know some people who, uh, you know, I want to connect you with. And long story short, uh, one thing led to another. And that's how I was able to get on that, that TEDx stage, did the speech. And since that time, I've just been speaking like crazy. So all I'm saying is, you just got to let people know. Tell somebody at the end of the day. Good Lord. You got to tell somebody you got to ask. They may not be able to, to help directly. But in this world of of social media and things like sure. that, you see how fast things catch fire. And it's the same way with word of mouth. Yeah, That's the best type of marketing. So I'm going to tell two or three people we're going to get some more people on the mm-hmm. podcast. But I challenge you to challenge them to say, hey. I need you I need you to introduce me to to one more person. I want to get this podcast going. I want it to be a resource for someone to pick up. Yeah. Might be in their room struggling with something. Right. But they may hear something within within the boundaries of this audio that will help them, that'll give them life. Get them off of that couch or get them out of the house or get them playing with their kids again or just whatever. Like, let's do it. Wow. Man, you're a gift. Lex, you are a gift to me. You're a gift to my
0: listeners. You're a gift to this planet. And uh, your story's so powerful, man. So- <laughs> man, I
1: appreciate that.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of This Ability Podcast. I hope you are coming away from what you heard today feeling both challenged and encouraged. I hope you start to look at some of the disabilities or disadvantages in your life just a little bit differently and begin to leverage the abilities that you do have to become the best version of yourself. I would be honored if you would take a moment and hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on and share this with your friends and family. I'm so grateful that you decided to join me today and I will see you again real soon.